Welcome. I'm Brad DeLong, and this, this is my morning coffee. Let me talk about the lighting budget of Thomas Jefferson. On December 21st, the sun sets at Monticello near Charlottesville, Virginia, at 4.57 p.m. Civil twilight, when there is still enough light to conduct normal activities, ends at 5.27 p.m. By March 21st, the sun sets at 6.26 Eastern Standard Time, Monticello is west of the center of America's eastern time zone, and civil twilight ends at 7.52 p.m. And on June 21st, the sun sets at Monticello at 7.39 p.m., with civil twilight ending at late 11 p.m. standard time. Even in the summer, moreover, Thomas Jefferson was unlikely to want to go to sleep when it got dark with the chickens. Hence its concern with candles. In 1791, on September 15th, he wrote, I will now ask the favor of you to procure for me, in the proper seasons, 250 pounds of myrtle wax candles, molded and of the largest size you can find. By January 24th of 1792, he wrote that the myrtle candles of last year were out. On November 4th of 1792, he wrote that he must now repeat to you my annual solicitation to procure and send me 200 pounds of myrtle wax candles. I do not know whether the mixing tallow with the wax be absolutely necessary. If not, I wish them of the pure wax. But if some mixture be necessary, then as little as will do. For as he wrote in early 1810, I am now retired to Monticello, where in the bosom of my family and surrounded by my books, I enjoy a repose in which I have been long a stranger. My mornings are devoted to correspondence. From breakfast to dinner, I am in my shops, my garden, or on horseback among my farms. From dinner to dark, I give to society and recreation with my neighbors and friends. And from candlelight to early bedtime, I read. Now figure that a standard candle will burn for five hours per ounce of wax. Jefferson's annual order of 200 pounds of candles would thus provide him with 15,000 hours of single candle illumination. Add in other sources of illumination, lamp oil, etc., and figure 50 hours for an average day, for Jefferson's establishment would not burn one single lone candle at a time. Those 200 pounds of candles would then have cost Jefferson about a dollar a pound, so figure total lighting expenditures of $250 a year. Jefferson's salary as Secretary of State was $3,500 a year, so figure that 7% of Jefferson's salary while Secretary of State in Philadelphia went to lighting. Of course, Jefferson did not live on his salary. He inherited 20 slaves and land in a total estate valued at $12,000 from his father. He inherited a further 135 slaves and 11,000 acres of land from his father-in-law in an estate worth perhaps six times as much. He spent all the income and more. He died bankrupt. He died with assets, land, and slaves valued at $100,000 and equal debts, bequeathing almost nothing to his descendants. For this substantial expenditure on candles, 7% of his Secretary of State's salary Jefferson received as much illumination for his household as is delivered today by a 60-watt incandescent light bulb run for 30 minutes. Modern, efficient lighting technologies deliver that service for 15 hundredths of a cent. 
figuring a multiple of 25 for a back-of-the-envelope multiplication of the price level since 1790, what cost Thomas Jefferson $250 in 1790 costs us the equivalent of five cents, one five-thousandth as much. And, of course, we are richer. Fifteen times richer is the standard back-of-the-envelope number I tell my students. Thus, for the same share of our income today, we can produce, buy, and use 75,000 times as much illumination as back in Jefferson's day. 75,000. That is an extraordinary amplification of something that, well, was quite important to Thomas Jefferson, of something that was worth 7% of his Secretary of State salary on, and yet we regard that amount as so far beneath our notice that it doesn't even enter into our calculations of the things of which our wealth consists. And, of course, there were those compared to whom Jefferson was a lighting piker back then. William Savage reports that on one occasion in 1731, Prime Minister Walpole lit 130 candles at his grand mansion Houghton Hall in Norfolk with another 50 in the saloon. In 1712, the Duchess of Montague was supposed to have paid 200 pounds for candles for an assembly lasting one night. That is $1,000 at the time. She was Mary Churchill Montague, the youngest daughter of British War of the Spanish Succession, Generalissimo John Churchill, Duke of Marlborough, and his wife, Sarah Jennings. And it was claimed the Duke of Bedford eliminated an event of his with 1,000 wax candles at the cost of $600. That's $3,000. We, today, would not notice expenditures that produced as much lighting as the Duke of Bedford spent making a huge splash. Perhaps, in some way, the singularity is not in our future but in our past, but it has been such a change that we do not recognize it. We simply take it for granted. We do not understand what life was like back in those days. I'm Brad DeLong. This has been my morning coffee. I am currently professor of economics and chief economist of the Blum Center at the UC Berkeley, a weblogger at the Washington Center for Equitable Growth, and a research associate at the National Bureau of Economic Research. I was once a deputy assistant secretary of the economic policy branch of the U.S. Treasury. Want to find more of me on the Internet? Simply enter DeLong, that is D-E-L-O-N-G, into any Internet search box, and I should currently be result number one. If not, then look for Brad as well. And thank you for listening. Thank you very much for listening. And let me leave you with two more things. Not a smash the like button, but instead an attempt to get you to take some other action. First. In the words of Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, above all, be excellent to each other. Second, remember, being stupid is a choice and being apathetic is a choice. Don't make those choices. In the words that my first cousin Phil Lord wrote for his version of the protagonist Miles Morales to end his Spider-Verse movie, anyone can wear the mask. You can wear the mask. If you didn't know that before, I hope you do now, because I'm Spider-Man, and I'm not the only one.
Not by a long shot. That's it.